You're listening to a Monster Kid podcast. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. How's it going, eh? Today's show on the Monster Kid Podcast Network is a classic. Hosted by two comedic geniuses who've watched way too much North American cinema from the 21st century. Mike Pisacano and Anthony Cilio. Entitled Cinemarketing, this podcast chronicles the heroic adventures of two latter-day consumers of film and the marketing surrounding them or, to use the correct 20th century terminology, losers. We hope you give it three thumbs up. All right. Now, everyone, that we've got the interview with Alex out of the way, let us talk about the marketing (laughs) and nitpick Ice Age some more, because we haven't done so enough already. Yeah. So we a lot of the stuff that we had uh, talked about with him in the interview about the teasers and the music that was used in the trailers and uh, some of that other stuff. Let's get into some of the other stuff that was uh, used to market this movie, because as a kid watching Nickelodeon Cartoon Network all the time, uh, I'm very much absorbing so much of the marketing that uh, is being pushed out for so many movies, partaking in a lot of it. I remember I had a Sid blanket as a kid and so that's one piece of uh, i guess material that i owned from this movie but let's get into some other things so you want to talk about the voice cast of the movie and you bring up they advertise the stars names like on the posters and on the trailers and we want to know we wanted to see like what the actual effect of those specific actors being in this movie possibly had um i have a personal anecdote with that because as a kid around that same time, I was a big fan of Everybody Loves Raymond. And when I saw, oh, Ray Romano, Raymond is doing the voice of this big elephant thing in this animated movie. That was uh, certainly a draw for at least me as a little kid. So I wanted to say, turn it over to you. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I actually have a story. So I knew who Ray Romano was because, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond was around and it was popular at the time. What I thought was a little weird was seeing Dennis Leary and John Leguizamo's names on the poster because the thing is this isn't a knock on them personally but the thing is while they're famous they're not really movie stars they're more character actors like Hollywood has tried to make the movie stars but it's never really worked out and by 2002 I think even they would agree that they were better off being character actors than leads. So this was the first time I had heard of either of them. So when I had seen them on the posters or heard their names in the trailers, I was just confused. I was like, who are those two? Like, I I think as, as a kid, whenever I would see these trailers for animated movies and they would tout like a big name actor, as a kid, I always just assumed I was like, oh, this is some actor who's like you know he's the biggest star ever and i just don't know it because i'm a little kid and i haven't seen that many movies yet but i think it's because of tom hanks in toy story where it's like oh tom hanks is in toy story and also tom hanks is the biggest actor in the world so i just assume that any every animated voice actor had that clout because for so many years tom hanks and tim allen i was like oh those are the two most famous actors in the world and then tom hanks is and then tim allen is like I mean, he was on Home Improvement. Home Improvement was, like, big in the 90s. And I guess that's 
analogous to Everybody Loves Raymond. But yeah, Tim Allen is nowhere near on the caliber of Tom Hanks. <laughs> no. But and... even in Shrek, like Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy, big comedy actors at the time. But like Mike Myers is not like, you know, I mean, maybe Austin Powers and some movies around there elevated him to that point. But yeah, it's clearly Eddie Murphy is the bigger draw of, of those two. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, you know, Austin Powers was at least a big thing around the time Shrek came out. So I had mm -hmm. heard of Mike Myers, you know, when it came out. I can't really think of anything big John Leguizamo and Dennis Leary were doing at the time. I know Dennis Leary had a show, The Job, but like it wasn't that popular. Like it wasn't Everybody Loves Raymond and it only lasted like one season. Yeah. And I mean, John Leguizamo was Luigi in the Mario movie, but nobody likes to talk about that. That was 10 years ago, though. Yeah. <laughs> By that uh, point. And what was also interesting about the marketing is that there were like bigger stars in those two headlining animated movies. But this was kind of not the first time, but one of the first times they started putting the names and the posters and I think it was maybe not the best marketing decision, in my opinion, because, you know, there were bigger stars at the time in other movies that they hadn't really marketed the names of, like Tai Nei starred Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore, but you didn't see their names on the posters and trailers of Tai Nei, though maybe that led to its flop because maybe if people knew they were in the movie, they would have gone to see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about Sid doing the, the Family Guy thing, but uh, another crossover that they have with Family Guy is there's one cutaway joke in about maybe a season four or season five episode where Peter says something like, oh, this is worse than that time I froze my nuts. And then it's the scene from the beginning of Ice Age 2 when Scrat is on the mountain pulling up the, the nut out of the out of the side of the mountain. And then it's 3D CG Scrat from the movie and then 2D Peter at the top of the mountain, he's like, no, you get away from those. <laughs> no, no, bad squirrel. Those are my nuts, my nuts. Uh, you're just a hungry little fella, aren't you? But those are my nuts. Ah, no, oh God, no, my nuts, my nuts. And also they're both Fox properties. So it was a Fox crossover promotion thing. Yeah. Definitely. So now that we've done that, should we watch the main trailer and let's talk about it afterwards, see if it had any sort of, shall we say, effect on whether or not the movie did well. heading down freezing my tail off but well, how do we know it's an ice age because of all the ice and the whole world's heading south get off me except for misfits going the other way i'm not going who are about to discover 
something that brings them together. We should return him. If you're looking for the humans, you're never going to reach them before the pass closes up with snow. Now they're looking out for the kid. From now on, refer to me as Lord of the Flame. Hey, Lord of the Flame. Your tail's on fire. And everyone else <laughs> better look out for them. I actually thought you were going to eat me. I don't eat junk food. I gotta see. I'm fine. I'm gonna die. Manny! <laughs> Where's the baby? There he is! Ice Age. Alright, so if you've ever seen the trailer for Ice Age, most of the problems we've already discussed in the marketing or at least just nitpicks we've discussed in the marketing can be found in that trailer, like making it seem like Scrat is a more important character than he really is and the usage of Ice Ice Baby. But there are two things that stick out to me. Well, three. The first is a super nitpicky one, which is for some odd reason, they have Alan Tudyk Tiger and Jack Black Tiger and then they dubbed them over with other characters. Yeah, the other, yeah, that was a weird line uh, reading. And especially also talking about the voice cast, Jack Black in the movie, he's probably a way bigger name than any of the other, the main characters. And yet well, he's a side character. Nobody even, I, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know how well-known Jack Black was at this time in 2002, but... Well, I'll say this. At the time, I remember he was getting famous. Like, he was in Saving Silverman. He was already starred in Shallow Hal. Tenacious D. So, yeah. yeah, He was, like, famous-ish. I think it was, like, a year later is when he, like, really hit it big with School of Rock. But, yeah, the movie does kind of waste his and Alan Tudyk's talents by making them these forgettable side characters. I mean, uh, it's compared to what Alan Tudyk's doing with Disney now, where they'll have him do the voice of a nonverbal chicken. It's like, this is a much better outing. Yeah. For the use of his talents. Yeah. Uh, comparatively, at least. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he only has like, what, four lines in Ice Age all together with all three characters two or three characters he voiced but then there are bigger issues with this trailer that i want to point out the first is we talked about how diego's one of the villains for most of the movie but the trailer doesn't show that it just makes him look like he's one of the heroes all the way through which is an interesting choice and they did so with the poster if you look at the poster like and the movie hadn't come out yet you just think oh He's just one of the heroes. There's nothing really there indicating that he's going to be one of the villains. Uh, I think that that's actually a, a decent uh, turn of uh, of marketing. Like you don't want to reveal that Diego is secretly uh, a double agent uh, right up front like that. I think that's a better reveal for the movie, uh, seeing it in context itself. 
Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. But um, I would also but say... But they don't show the main villain, uh, the main Sabretooth villain, who I kind of don't even remember his name. Like He's So forgettable. You know what he is? He's Lion King 2019 Scar before Lion King 2019 Scar. <laughs> yeah, he... It, and it also... This is a trend that they never really picked up on, is that, like, the rest of the Ice Age movies, they don't really have villains... Like, this one is the one that has a villain. The other ones are, like, vague threats or natural disasters. Like, there's not really, like, a villain character. I mean, I guess there was the Peter Dinklage monkey in the fourth one. Well, I I can't really comment on that because I only saw the first two. I saw uh, the first... I think I've seen the first three. I haven't seen anything after that. But from the marketing of the fourth movie, that there is a villain who is a monkey played by Peter Dinklage. Yeah, but to get back to not just complaining about them not showing every plot point, but just complaining about the way they marketed it, or not a complaint, but an observation, they played Smash Mouth because it is 2002. Mm, and yep. every kid's movie from 2002, or actually any kid's movie from like 1998 to 2003, had to have Smash Mouth in it somehow. Doing I'm a cover of a song badly because Shrek made it popular to have bad Smash Mouth covers. Honestly, I'm surprised that song isn't in the movie itself. Like, I'm surprised they used Send Me On My Way instead of that song for the road trip montage or that they didn't just put it in the end credits. It seems like it would actually fit in my head, like, perfectly. You know, I think, like, I, I think the song we get in the movie ends up fitting the mood a little better and it's not as, like obnoxious as yeah. the smash mouth song would have been um yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying i'm surprised you know that they that, didn't put uh, in there just because it was popular to do so at the time you know alex was making it sound like fox executives really sort of honed in on the production i'm kind of surprised they didn't force them to put that song in the movie somewhere or maybe they did and maybe that was like where blue sky would just had to put their foot down or maybe just say you know what we'll put it in the marketing is that okay we're not really interested in putting it in the movie i mean as far as what we've learned from alex the the trailer production team kind of just put in whatever songs they felt like i don't think blue sky really had much input in as far as uh, that goes <laughs> but yeah because ice ice baby's not in the movie either so no actually that can be kind of annoying when there's a really good song in a trailer and then it's not in the movie itself. Hell, Robots is a perfect example. You know, it had that, yeah, song in the trailer, mm -hmm. but then in the movie, it's like, where's you get James song? Brown. <laughs> yeah. Where's, yeah. yeah. That, that was, yeah. That, I remember that being a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. Or I haven't seen most of Blue Sky's movies, but I did see Epic, and it was kind of, again, disappointing that when does the storm end? That song isn't in the actual movie. It's just in the trailer. Yeah, I think movies nowadays now are more prominently feature a song in the trailer. There's a more than likely chance it's going to be in the movie, at least nowadays. I feel like movies now, they hone in on like a song and then it kind of becomes like almost the theme song in the movie, like how Thor Ragnarok kind of uh, appropriated the uh, immigrant song. Yeah, so now that we've looked at the main trailer and we've looked at the poster here is another interesting thing so due to the fox acquisition 
Ice Age is now technically a Disney movie, which means um, there is a Disney movie with an overt gay joke in it. I mean, Yay! I mean, listen, Disney also has, I mean, listen, the um, there's jokes like that in in like on Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I just did uh, an episode about uh, and in Tarzan. I'm sure there's some there's definitely uh, probably some of the more controversial movies of the mid 2000s from like Chicken Little or something like that. So I know I'm, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just, yeah. yeah, but. Because it wasn't a Disney movie when it first came out, we didn't get Ray Romano doing Disney Channel IDs going, you're now watching Disney Channel. Da, 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 da. But because it wasn't owned by Disney at the time, other networks besides Fox, like we mentioned, did promote Ice Age. Cartoon Network promoted Ice Age where they, not surprisingly, crossed over Ice Age with the Flintstones. Barney, summer is overrated. I can't wait for winter. No lawn work. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Still Nate's not cool enough for you? Then check out Ice Age in theaters March 15th. Skate over to the Frozen Fantasy Sweepstakes on CartoonNetwork.com. The grand prize winner gets an Alaskan cruise for four where you'll see glaciers. 100 runners-up will get an Ice Age Game Boy Advance game rated E for everyone. Well, it's not technically lawn work. Not another word, Barney. All right, so this brought back memories for me that I thought I completely forgot about. I don't remember this exact commercial on TV when I used to watch Cartoon Network around 9, 10 years old. But I do remember Cartoon Network used to do this with movies all the time where they would have characters from their shows or shows that they had been airing reruns for promote new and upcoming movies. One that I do remember, but surprisingly can't find on YouTube, is when they had Ed, Ed, and Eddie promote Osmosis Jones. Mike, do you remember that? I uh, can't say that I do, but I feel like that is something that probably I could believe that existing. But uh, I was looking in this uh, in this commercial where they highlighted the Game Boy Advance Ice Age game. Now, I have never played this game before. I did look up videos, like gameplay videos of it. And man, is it like the cheapest looking 2D sprites of the characters. It's a side scroller. You could play as Manny and Sid. You jump on stuff. You collect acorns, of course, as the currency. It looked like a very mediocre game. I did not have that. I had the Ice Age 2 game for PS2. Where it's mostly like a 3D platformer and you played as Scrat through most of it. So I don't remember really liking that game that much, but that's one thing to bring up as far as, yeah, you know, game releases and stuff. I did not play the, the Game Boy Advance game for the first movie. I'm surprised they didn't make like a console version or anything. Right. Now, guess what Ice Age also had in its marketing? 
of course, two fast food tie-ins, Burger King and Papa John's. Excuse me, is that cold? Yeah. How's it taste? Like blue cherry and vanilla. Where'd you get it? Burger King. Thanks. I'll drive. The new frozen float. You can drink the vanilla, then the blue cherry, or swirl it and whirl it. Captain Burger King ahead! Here. Now in every big kid's meal, you can get a toy from the movie Ice Age and watch some of your favorite characters slide and glide as you build your own ice slide. There's ten in all, so you can collect them, then connect them. At BK, you got it. Okay, so I got a question about the voice cast from this commercial. And this is actually like ten years ago. I used to have a YouTube series where I made fun of movie marketing myself. It's more in the vein of nostalgia critic where I just made fun and needlessly nitpick ads. And I did an episode on fast food commercials, and this was one of the ads I made fun of. And I have a question that I had back then, like, again, like 10 years ago, I still have today. They could get Dennis Leary back for one line, but John Leguizamo, they couldn't get back. Had to replace him with Tom Kenny. Well, I mean, I'm sure. I feel like even though we were bringing up that John Leguizamo and Dennis Leary are on the lower end of the voice cast, like a list, I feel like Leguizamo has a little more difficulty of getting a hold of for like a commercial. I feel like Dennis Leary is probably on standby for that a little more than John Leguizamo would be. But uh, I want to talk about the toys that it shows in this commercial because we have a little segment on our show called. Happy Meal Happy Hour, where we look at the toys that were released for fast food places. And the toys for this one, where it's like each one is like part of like a big slide, where it's like they all connect together and they each have one character on it. And when you connect them all together, it makes like a big slide thing that the characters float around. I mean, that's a a kind of a cool idea. Although I can't imagine that you're going to Burger King 10 different times to get all of these different toys. So that way you can connect them all together. But that was a big thing that Burger King was doing at the time. I remember where they had like a line of toys where you could connect them and it would build a thing. Like I remember there was like a Rugrats treehouse where each toy was like a piece of the treehouse that you would build up. And each one had like one of the characters on it. So, yeah, and then they're also advertising this new ice slushy that is to tie in with Ice Age also. So, yeah, I don't know if I ever had that or, well, do you remember if you had that? I wasn't really into the, like, ice flavored slushy drinks or whatever. Honestly, I don't even like Burger King. I think everybody has, like, the one fast food place they have, like, an unhealthy vendetta against, and me is Burger King. I could eat a lot of fast food garbage but burger king is like the one where it's like i every bite i feel my arteries clogging i i can feel the heartburn for for days on end where it doesn't happen for a lot of other places but yeah burger king is one of the even like a whopper junior is a little is too too artery clogging for me okay also fun fact about that commercial that was Jeff from American Dad as the announcer. Yeah, he used to do fast food narrations like all the time. That's an interesting point. I want to talk about the Papa John's one because I think this one's kind of funny. Some people will go to any to get a Papa John's pizza. 
but for you, it's easy. Introducing the Mammoth Pizza Meal from Papa John's. Get a large one-topping pizza and Papa's chicken strips with a free two-liter of Coke, all for only $13.99. Plus, get a coupon with purchase for $3 off the Ice Age DVD or video. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Bon appetit! So not only is it the, like, okay, the Mammoth Pizza from Papa John's, that's funny enough, but they, in the trailer, they, like, photoshopped a pizza box of Scrat stealing a pizza box in place of the acorn and him like riding along on the pizza box instead of the acorn, which I think is always funny whenever they like badly Photoshop in like their product into a scene of the movie. Yeah, that is actually pretty funny and something I've again, always noticed. I will say what is, I don't know if it's funny or ironic, but now John Leguizamo does Papa John's commercials. Bon appetit. <laughs> yeah, which is also kind of ironic because if you've ever read his tweets, he is on the complete opposite political spectrum of the Papa John's owner. I mean, for the better, thankfully. Yeah, but I won't blame the guy for making let's, a few dollars off of Papa John's. Let's make let's let's reappropriate let's reclaim Papa John Papa John Leguizamos. That's what we're gonna make now. <laughs> He's yeah. our new Papa John. I agree with that. I mean, this is the guy who was the best thing about Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and I guess and Kanto also. Oh yeah, anyway. actually, you know what? That's something. That That's is... another voice role he had. Not and only that, more... but Bruno and Sid were both abandoned by their family. That's a really weird coincidence. Yeah, you know, they've noticed that before. You know what? Screw it. Bruno is just Sid from another multiverse. You know, Disney loves to do that multiverse stuff now. But other theory, Gus from The Ref, which is owned by Touchstone Pictures, is just Diego from another multiverse. And whoever the hell Ray Romano's character in Welcome to Mooseport was, is just Manny from another multiverse. Welcome to Mammothport. <laughs> Mm -hmm. all, right. All, um, right. all right so let's move on to the next thing what we got here all right so now let's watch the walmart ad oh my gosh this is a great movie i say just the coolness you're just laughing and laughing until you're just about to blow oh yeah that's good i love scrap you just can't keep up with zankon they just have the awesomest characters thank you Whoa! Woo! Tails on fire. <laughs> Available Tuesday, November 26th on DVD and video. Ice Age from 20th Century Fox with loads of extras at Walmart. Okay, so that shows how the marketing really dates itself. Because I remember like all the time back in the late 90s, early 1000s, stores like Walmart or Target or whatever, had those commercials promoting the DVD release of a kid's movie where it is just like kids going, I love this movie. This was the best movie ever. And showing, you know, clips from it, like Anastasia did it. Anastasia was a princess. Do you really think I'm royalty? A princess doesn't go to school. It reminds me of that, that viral video of the kid. I think it was for Osmosis Jones where like interviewing the kid and he's like, I'm really looking forward to cracking up. <laughs> what are you looking forward to most about this film? Well, um, I think I'm looking forward to cracking up. Uh, I hope I can like, you know, totally crack up. So uh, I haven't like totally cracked up in a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But uh, yeah, I don't 
think they do that anymore, which is why I say it shows that this movie came out in 2002 on the marketing side. I'm not quite sure because I haven't regularly watched TV in years, but even when I was still regularly watching TV, I didn't see ads like this for the longest time. But that's not the only way the marketing for this movie has dated itself. So remember back in the early 90s, even the early 2000s, and also I think the late 80s, how every movie needed its own cheesy theme song. Like we had My Heart Will Go On from Titanic, Take My Breath Away from Top Gun, the sort of sentimental Oh, I oh. didn't know what you were, what I was doing, but then you came into okay. my life and I... Sad power ballad. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, Ice Age did not have that in the States, but it did have one in Japan. And it was a song by this J-pop group called Zone, called Hiroshizuku. It was this pop band of teenage girls. So just fair warning, we are not making fun of the girls when we make fun of this video for a little bit. It's more just on the decisions, you know, the adult director and the adult editors made. So it's not, it's not about them. And it's not a bad song, but they also did this thing that was indicative of many 90s and thousands movies where like because it's like such a super serious song it does kind of come off silly with the movie they're pairing it with which is you know ice age no yeah i think that the, the humor of this is not like it's not the song itself but like this yeah the tone of the song paired with scenes from ice age it just feels completely out of place. It feels like, why is this happening? Yeah, like, like in that video, like there's a one of the band members is like staring off into the side, looking like this, and next to her is Diego playing "Where's the Baby." Or in an even weirder example, also with Diego, they have the scene where the baby walks over to Diego. Then Diego looks down at the baby and they cut to, I swear to God, one of the band members praying. No. It just looks so weird. It's like Diego is her Lord and Savior. Well, she has a teenage girl, so maybe, which we'll get to in a bit. All right. So now that we've talked about the marketing, should we talk about the post release? Yeah, so put a bit of a truncated version of the post-release segment that we usually do. We're not going to go too hard into like all the critic reviews uh, like I normally do on a regular episode, but just a, a quick overview, Ice Age has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 61% on Metacritic. So this is clearly the highest rated reviewed movie in the series, unsurprisingly. I mean, I think we we said like we fell off after the last couple of sequels and... I feel like the, where the series is now, we could talk about, like, now that the studio is closed, like, the legacy of Ice Age as a franchise. I feel like this is our generation's The Land Before Time, where, like, the first one's a good movie, and then 
there's too many sequels after that. And we're like, why are we still making these? Like, how many more times, how many more historical events and natural disasters can these characters get into? Yeah, and I will also say that for some reason, of all franchises that seem to have the most difficulty having sequels, it's prehistoric set franchises. I mean, look at Jurassic Park. All of its sequels have been divisive as well. Yeah, that's also another link between Land Before Time and, and Ice Age. But yeah, and also I wanted to bring up, now that Disney owns the series, there was the Disney Plus spinoff movie of The Adventures of Buck Wild. I did not watch this either. But seeing what Disney has now done with this with this series under their under their control, it's it's like this is this this feels insulting like this feels like a slap in the face to like real artists who tried to make a movie and make something out of it this just it's just so sad though in defense at least maybe people who worked on those movies will end up making real art one day hopefully so yeah this is the highest rated as we said it was nominated for best animated feature at the academy awards but spirited away rightfully sorry everyone won but you know what is the weirdest nominee so it was nominated at the kids choice awards duh mike what was it nominated for so it was nominated for best for favorite movie and it it was not the winner the it was nominated alongside spider-man one and harry potter the chamber of secrets two huge insanely prolific high-earning box office and critical reception movies that kids loved. I loved these movies as a kid, too, and I still love them now. And the winner was Austin Powers' gold member. I want you to find me a single child who would tell you that Austin Powers' gold member, specifically the third one, is a better movie than Spider-Man or Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets or even Ice Age. I will even say that even Ice Age could easily overpower Austin Powers' gold member for best movie of 2002. (laughs) Yeah, I will say that Spider-Man and Chamber of Secrets probably hold up better than Goldmember does. I'd have to rewatch Goldmember again to see if it... uh... You want to talk about movies that from the 2000s that uh, don't hold up because of uh, culturally insensitive humor or or just not being... Dude, watching the Austin Powers movies again, the first one's like fine, it holds up. The second two, it was so defeating... I was like, oh man, I used to watch these a lot. And now these are just, these don't hold up at all. These are sad. Yeah. (laughs) Embarrassing. And then the other award at the Kids' Choice Awards that this movie was nominated for had two-time nominees for this category. Favorite voice from an animated movie. And Ray Romano and Dennis Leary were nominated, as well as Matt Damon for Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Which, wouldn't most people say that Matt Damon's voice in Spirit is like the most distracting thing? Like it would be better if the character just didn't talk at all. Well, I've never seen Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, but, and this isn't a knock on Leary, who I think, despite voicing a character with a Latino name, I think he actually does a very good job at voicing Diego. So it's it's not a knock against his performance. It's just more of all actors to nominate at the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah, it feels like John Leguizamo should have probably gotten that second slot. Yeah, you know, now I'm just imagining Dennis Leary sitting in the audience, like, watching a boy band member getting slimed and and thinking to himself, 
I wanted to be nominated for an Oscar, but instead I'm being nominated for a freaking Kids' Choice yeah. Award, and there are all these screaming children. In the meanwhile, John Lucas almost just like I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, and, but you know who else was happy to be here? It's the actual winner of the award, Adam Sandler, for Eight Crazy Nights. And Adam Sandler is probably thinking, "Ah, oh, God." I wanted to be an Ice Age. At least people saw that movie. No oh, one God. saw Eight Crazy Nights. I can't believe kids voted for who? What? What kids are seeing Eight Crazy Nights? This is a disgusting movie for children. I would never. Uh, yeah. Oh, who in general saw yeah. Eight Crazy Nights? Didn't that movie make like what eight million dollars or something? It's a flop. It's a bad film. I hate yeah. it. Uh, and it's, yeah, so uh, that's it's a it's you know limited awards run i wanted to just point out the two most prominent award shows that there are the kids choice awards and the oscars oscars are basically probably on the same level with the kids choice awards now especially after this last year's show but a couple of little uh, pop cultural social media meme influence things that we want to bring up about this movie before we finish off here the meme of just the baby just like, I hate the Ice Age baby, the Ice Age baby is evil, like that type of, like, online hatred. I think it just goes back to how badly the animation has dated in some areas. Yeah, no, I was saying, it's like, it's the baby being so, like, the the animation and the textures on it just make it look so creepy. And I think that's, I don't think anybody actually hates the character of the baby. Like, I think that it's like, it's... It's, it's, I think it's a cute enough character. Like, there's moments, there's sweet moments with the baby in the movie. There's one thing that I've always thought that for as many sequels as they made of this movie, I'm surprised they never brought him back as, like, a fully grown adult. There's even a line that, like, kind of hints where Diego's like, what if he comes back as an adult and he tries to hunt us? And I was always thinking, like, why didn't they ever follow up on that? Like, they could have done, like, in the way that Toy Story 2 ask the question of what happens when Andy goes to college. And then the next movie, we, we see what that, the ramifications of that. Whereas like, we never see, not only do we not see this, we don't see any humans in the rest of the ice age series after this. Well, while we were talking about multiverses, let me tie ice age to another movie that explains that. So the baby looks like a baby, Tommy Wiseau, if you've ever seen the movie. Oh. Wow. So, <laughs> Don't don't you kind of think like no? Uh, I mean, it's hair. It. I don't know. If, I don't think its hair is long enough. Yeah, um, but I mean, the facial structures and just sort of the hair style are similar to Tommy. Eh, I guess you could say so. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, I kind of just joked with a few Room fans once that the Room is actually the Ice Age sequel with the baby grown up in it, and that uh, like. He fell into a glacier and woke up in modern day. And the room is just a sequel about his adult life. No, I guess. And what a tragic end that character had to undergo. Oh, um, you know what? Actually, if you think about it, Denny is another Sid from another multiverse, even though the room is owned by Disney. So is Ice Age the characters from the room? Is that their fursonas? <laughs> yes, Mark. Mark is Diego, Peter is Manny, Denny is Sid, and um, Scrat is Chris R. And uh, and Lisa is the female sloth that got cut out of the movie. 
exactly. But speaking of furry fandom, you brought up that Diego's got a bit of a fan base uh, in the furry community. (laughs) Oh, yes, he does. In fact, here is one interesting story I found in my research about this. And this was like from 2017. So I just like kind of fell down into the rabbit hole and found this. I just fucking remembered last year when I made everyone at school fill out a survey on whether Diego the saber-toothed tiger from Ice Age was sexy or not. And And was it a runaway poll? 99% to 1% say yes? (laughs) She said, everyone agreed ZBXJFKFK. Yeah, I also think that in one of the later sequels, they give Diego a female tiger love interest. And I think that there also might be a bit of a furry fandom thirst community around that character also. Yeah, I do have a funny story about that so like around 2017 when that girl was making her school fill out surveys on whether or not diego was hot i was actually working as a teacher's assistant at a high school so i was working at like you know a school for gen z students so dennis leary was actually going to speak at the school but plans fell through for that I won't get into details, but now I'm thinking, you know, after reading that story, and that was around the time I was a TA, oh, God, was one of my students sexually attracted to Diego? Like, what would they be thinking if they actually saw him? Yeah, maybe it's a good thing that that fell through to, you know, protect the innocent. I'm going to guess Dennis Leary isn't aware about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, he probably would find it funny, honestly. In fact, you know what? That Japanese girl in the video who was praying to Diego was probably one of the earliest members of that fandom. Oh, boy. Oh, Uh, it isn't just Gen Z or the kiddies. Just pulled this up from August 1st, 2021. My mom definitely thought Diego from the Ice Age was hot as hell. I mean, he does have that, uh, he's got that silky smooth voice. He's a bit of a bad boy. Women love him, men want to be him. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, it sounds like a plot point of like an A24 movie. Like I could see like Jessica Chastain or Emma Stone or whoever playing like a bored housewife. Who ends up finding a talking animal from like a movie her kid is watching it hot because having sexual fantasies about an animated character. Yeah. Is, is this what men is about? Before? I don't know, but now I want to kind of write that movie. Yeah. Before we end everything on Ice Age, I just want to end where Blue Sky ended. So we all know that Blue Sky was shuttered by Disney once they acquired Fox. And in the waning days of Blue Sky's closure, the animation team got together and they made a 30 second little Scrat farewell video where Scrat finally gets his nut and he eats it and everybody is very sad about it.
I don't know if you saw the video when it came out, but I remember people being like, I don't know why a video of a squirrel eating a nut is making me so emotional. In context with Blue Sky closing, it is sad. I will just say that even though I feel bad that they closed down, I still think their best work is Bunny and nothing really has ever come close to that. I didn't feel quite the emotional fraction everyone else did. Uh, but I do just still feel sorry for them, you know, just as someone, you know, who's in the entertainment industry and knows people in the entertainment industry themselves, you know, just seeing their company closed down. I do feel for them. And I did think knowing that context, it was sort of a sad thing about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that. It's more so the fact that, like, the loss of another animation studio, especially now it's just been co-opted by Disney, who is, like, the most monopolistic company on the face of the earth as in, as far as the movie industry is concerned. So it's, like, I feel like it's sad to lose. Even if they weren't making, like, great movies, it was still, like, somewhat of a healthy competition to, like, you know, the top dog. And I think that there there are moments of greatness in the blue sky catalog i think the peanuts movie is wonderful uh and i, I we enjoy ice age i i liked robots for what it was as well it's um, all right i will say that i think i was a little disappointed in that movie because you had mel brooks and robin williams playing robots and it was just like oh that's the movie no. uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an allegory for capitalism and uh, and the uh, single payer healthcare system. Also, everybody I think knows like the plight of Scrat and like him trying to get his nut, even through just like you know cultural osmosis. That there is a bit of satisfaction seeing him finally get to eat the nut. And I think that as far as we were talking about like the trends of the time that Ice Age was, you know, riding the wave of. I think that if we can bring up and maybe a trend that Ice Age kind of began is the silly slapstick nonverbal side character. I think you can draw a straight line from Scrat to the Minions. That's true. Though, again, that did not start with Scrat, but maybe he's like the first, you could say, CGI character. Yeah. I mean, you could say, I guess there's some characters like there's like what, the cricket from Mulan or something like that, but they were never like that, like a huge, like like a mascot or like an IP on their own. Yeah, I would say that in general, Scrat was the first type of character to become a mascot like that. I think the legacy of Scrat is probably more prolific than Ice Age, honestly, as a series. Like, because people know what Scrat is, even if they haven't seen these movies. It's the same thing with the Minions, honestly. The Minions are more popular than uh, whoever the hell Miranda Cosgrove voice. I've never yeah. even seen any of the Despicable Me movies, but I yeah. know the Minions. So I think that we've covered quite a lot on this little mini truncated Ice Age in a marketing episode. I'll put this portion up on our cinema marketing feed so that way you can listen to this here. And then that'll give you the incentive to listen to the interview portion, which I think was such a worthy conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Alex about this movie. Well, before we go, Mike, do you have anything to plug? Well, we plug the Cinemarketing Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Cinemarketing Podcast. And on Instagram and Twitter is where I post some of the videos that we will end up watching during the episode. So you could, you know, 
as a lead up, like a little teaser before listening to the episodes, you can watch all of the materials and stuff that we talk about here. So you have like the context for it there. We did episodes recently on Hunchbacks of Notre Dame. We will probably at this point have up an episode on Manos, the Hands of Fate, which we did an interview with Jackie Neiman Jones, who was one of the actresses from the movie. At the behalf of Kevin here being able to hook that up for us, that we were able to get that interview, and she was a delight to talk to. Thank you for that, and I'll just uh, throw it over to you to finish this up. Yeah, so everyone, that was I Helped Make That. Have a good day, everyone, and again, follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, all the things. Bye, everyone. Yes,